tonight from Acts chapter 5, if you'll turn with me. Uh, I think that's everything that I need to say. Now, I don't have a lot of voice. They're helping me out by keeping me uh, where I can try not to lose my voice. And I'm reading from Acts 5.15, and my message is entitled, The Shadows of a Miracle. Are you able to say that with me? The shadows of a miracle. That's my message. Because I'm preaching a fourth in a series. Actually, it's I'm sorry, the fifth in a series in miracles in the book of Acts. And I would like to read, uh, because you're standing. I know you're weary. I know some of you need to get to sleep. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. Uh, I want us to be able to read uh, together, and then we can. Then I can uh, look at it. But let's read verse fifteen. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets. All right. So now we're laying the foundation for a fifth in this series on the miracles in the Book of Acts. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets. Think of it. And laid them on beds and couches that at the least, can you say that? At the least, that at the least, the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Hallelujah. I don't have to have a lot of voice to feel tonight that we need to consider the message, the shadows of a miracle. Could we put our Bibles aside and would you pray for your pastor tonight and would you pray that God will anoint the word to our hearts? Heavenly Father, I thank you for every life that's here, every ear that's hearing. I pray that we will receive the word by faith and that our hearts will be inspired, that we will be encouraged. Lord, this can be the greatest year we've ever had. This can be the tabernacle's most powerful time if we will consider the truth of your word and live by it, O oh God. Thank you for all you have done. We give you praise and we magnify your name. Can we clap our hands one more time? Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. The shadows of a miracle. You can be seated. Now, we are uh, continuing here to look at miracles in the book of Acts. And over the next few months, I'm going to preach a series, a continuous series. First in Acts 1, the 40 days, the miracle of the 40 days, which climaxed with Jesus lifted up which is a parallel to the rapture of the church. Does anybody believe that Jesus is coming? Except, of course, that you watched him go up very slowly, then he went into the clouds, and that, of course, would be slow motion, or at least normal motion. But when he does return, which will be very soon, you know where people are caught up in the election and the inauguration, all the things that people get caught up in, when they need to be getting prepared for the coming of Jesus. So his return will be in a moment. The Bible says in the twinkling of an eye. There won't be anybody watching us go. It'll be just like that. You'll see him and now you see him, now you don't. And then Acts chapter 2, we preached on the miracle of tongues, which of course is the message of this hour. 
When we get to heaven, we're going to speak whatever language heaven speaks. It won't be necessary. And, and folks can laugh all they want. I'm a one God, tongue-talking child of God. And I believe in it. Praise God. And I've got a Ph.D. and a double D and all the rest. But I want to tell you that I am a child of God and I have spoken in other tongues. Someone said, how do you know? Because I spoke with tongues. Hallelujah. Then Acts chapter 3, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, which was the transfer of miracle power to his church and the lame man walked. And so tonight... We are preaching the message entitled, The Shadows of a Miracle. So our last message of the lame man, we are tonight looking at the shadows of that miracle. Acts chapter 5.15 says, Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, all resulting from the shadow of the previous miracle of Acts chapter 3, a lame man began to walk. How many are thankful that God is powerful tonight and that he demonstrates his power in our midst? Amen. I would love, oh, hallelujah. Lord, not because I'm worried, not I'm, I'm worthy, not because I'm somebody, but I would love to hear them running into the streets over here at Ontario Boulevard and say, uh, Sister Williams has been healed of cancer. God has done a miracle. Hallelujah. I'd love for somebody to run through these doors and say, my son that was lost has been found. God has brought them to Calvary. So they brought forth the sick into the streets. And I'm going to suggest without explanation that this is because of the, the throng. There was no building. There was no place otherwise well, without explanation means without explanation. And laid them on beds and couches or uh, the, the word couches here is from a word that basically means something like a mat. And so there were some that were on what we might think of as beds and they were carrying like cots. They, had, they were elevated somewhat. And the others just flat mats. They would lay them there. Didn't say they laid them on blankets. Said they laid them on what the King James calls couches. That at the least, can you say at the least? That at the very least, I'm going to add a little bit. I'm going to try to emphasize it here. Even though I, uh, <clears throat> and you know I've been all week long, I've had no voice whatsoever. I'm, I'm still preaching. I'm going to preach. The Lord is here. He wants us to preach the word. We don't have to have perfection in our voice for God to do what he wants to do. That at the very least, so if you see that, the very least, they would gladly receive Peter's ministry and have him lay hands on them and anoint them. That's what they wanted. But they knew in the circumstance they would probably not be able to get first-hand attention. They brought them in the streets and the sidewalks. And I mean, they didn't say sidewalks, but I'm, I'm using a little liberty here. They were everywhere. That's the point. Because faith had welled up in them. The first shadows of miracles from God is that people's faith is lifted. And they would have gladly said, lay your hand on me, preacher. They would not have been offended because somebody messed their hair up. They wouldn't have been worried because somebody didn't shake their hand. They were out in the streets needing a touch of God. But if they could only have his shadow fall 
upon them, that would still be enough. <laughs> oh, folks, I want to tell you something. There are some people you could lay tin hands on them and pour the oil on their head. You know, I prayed for a few folks. I wanted to pour the oil right on their head. Not here. Not here. Of course not here. I just wanted to just pour. I just thought, oh, Lord, I'd just like to pour. I've got this new oil the brother brought me. This is from Israel. Every once in a while I get it out. We don't use it very often, but it's, it came from Israel. It's mixed. I forget. You know, there's, they gave me a little piece of paper. It tells all the stuff that's in here. It's got a special little. This is the one I want to pour on someone's head sometime. This, this because it just oozes out of here. And it gets, I can't even take the lid off without it getting on me. No, I'm being, that's, that's not a nice thing to say. I don't want to pour oil all over anybody. But every once in a while, you just think in your, in your spirit, when you later go home and say, now I repent of all my sins. Lord, I really wanted to pour that oil. You, you know what I mean. It does happen. Some people, you could literally have the oil running in the aisles, and they would have no faith whatsoever. But I tell you tonight, there is a people that is so hungry for revival that it matters not what it does, who it is. It matters not the personality. It doesn't matter if they shake my hand, if they come down my way. What matters is they are hungry for God. And they have, they have been with Jesus. They have heard the name that is powerful. You know, some people get so used to preaching that they turn it off. They turn preaching off. Now that doesn't mean they're not listening necessarily, but they actually turn it. It's almost like they get that, um, uh, this thing where they kind of turn a little switch and in their hearts they're not really accepting what the Spirit is trying to do. I pray that I never ever become someone that becomes so used to the Holy Ghost that I just turn the switch off. Folks, I want to tell you, there's enough Holy Ghost in this room right now to change Jonesboro, Georgia forever if we recognize the power of the overflow of revival that God has in store. Hallelujah. God has revival for his people and we must believe it. Some people, you know, they're sitting like this. Well, they were healed. Well, how can you prove that? Well, they're, they're not sick anymore. Well, how do you know God did that? That might have been, they might have had a pill. You'd be surprised. Folks, I want to tell you something. Folks that don't want it are not going to be out there. The folks that don't care. Now, listen to me. Some of you are worried about folks coming in and who they are. Listen, you don't need to be worried about folks coming in. If they're walking in these doors, we need to let God take care of them. We're going to teach them holiness. We're going to teach them righteousness. But we're going to let God do the work in them. We're going to let God be the one that touches their life. That at the very least, his shadow might overshadow some. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of them might get the shadow to fall upon them. So many things flood my heart when I read this. This may be the most unusual of the miraculous moments in Acts. I know there are many. I don't want to overstate it. But at least in my own mind, the, the concept of a shadow, an actual shadow, which is nothing more than the lack of light because it is the source of light is blocked by some object. 
For example, don't, well, I won't say it because you'll look. I'll lose the whole bunch of you. <laughs> but there are shadows in this. We have tons of shadows in this building. They are very interesting. And if you're alone in the building like I often am, I can walk through this entire building without a single light, and I don't even have to. I can whistle and sing. I'm so used to it. I can pray in this auditorium and never bump into a pew without a single light because it's just, I don't know what it is. I've just become so familiar with it. But all the little shadows, and I've, and I've gotten to learn that sometimes a very tiny thing looks extremely large, and you think, uh, you think, wow, what is that? Well, that's nothing more than the shadow of, of somewhere, somehow, there's some bit of light and, and, and something is blocking it. And that, ref that, is the, that is the darkness that we are seeing. But in this case, everybody say, praise the Lord. I'm going to lose a few of you. In this case, the shadow, that is in this case, the Apostle Peter's shadow was a positive thing. The question is, was it the shadow that did it? And uh, I want to address it because this is one of the most unusual. I don't know of any other place. Now, Brother French, I could be wrong. I'm just trying to be, I'm, I'm not trying to be super knowledgeable, but I cannot think of any other case where miracles were associated with a shadow. I can think of nothing of the sort. So it is that these men and women in their desperation crowded the streets of Jerusalem. They crowded the streets of the city because they needed God. And the shadow of the miracle, the glory that came, the memory, everything that is cast from that miracle reaches out to them. And suddenly they begin to realize that man had never walked but God can make the lame to walk again God can overcome every sickness that's how powerful the miracle was people said if at the least the shadow of Peter passing by <laughs> might overshadow them and I'm aware that it says the Apostle Peter. It doesn't mention the others. I'm, I'm fully aware of it. I can't develop it. I can't even think about all the possible ramifications. I am trying to tell you tonight in the Holy Ghost, if we could ever get a hold of the power of the miracles that God wants us to have. And I don't mean him heal every sickness we have. I mean a God that can do miracles, that can change our future. That's the God that we're serving. Praise God, the faith in these people. Now listen to me. I want to preach it. I'm not, I don't intend to be long, although I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'll try not to be long. The faith was so powerful that the miracles working through Peter, an apostle. Now I'm aware that there are Christians Many of them, especially uh, what we think of as Romanized Christians who think that the Apostle Peter is special and above all others and so forth. I understand there's many people that have this idea based upon, of course, Jesus telling him that you're the rock and I'm going to build upon this rock and so on. They've taken from that the idea that the Apostle Peter could be a pope or something of that nature. And, of course, none of that could be possible. Scripture can't be possible because Scripture doesn't allow for it. But what we do know 
is that God mightily used the Apostle Peter. In fact, the entire first half of the book of Acts is about the miracles of the Apostle Peter. It's all about the Apostle Peter. And then Paul gets the Holy Ghost, and then it's all about the Apostle Paul. Can we just lift our hands and thank God for the people that God has sent into our lives to introduce us to the power of his spirit? (laughs) Come on, let's thank him for just a minute. Father, I'm grateful for those that have made a difference in my life. Thank you for those that have introduced me to truth and have loved the truth. Praise God. We need to be grateful. And Brother Cole, I want to say I don't get to I don't say it perhaps as often as I should, but I appreciate so very much the legacy that you and Sister Cole have left for the Apostolic Church. And I appreciate you and your ministry all of these years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But having a memory of someone's legacy is not the same. You may say, I love brother and sister so-and-so, and I'm so glad for what they did. That's not the same as recognizing what God has done through them in your own life. And, you know, I, I know, so let leave, let, we'll leave it there. So the miracles that were working through Peter were powerful. And therefore, the people were exercising faith based upon the preaching and acts of the apostle, of the apostles, but in this case, the apostle Peter. They were so moved by what they saw. This is why, by the way, we need to be very, very supportive. Now, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes preachers may not live up to whatever. I'm, I'm not, I don't know what it may be that would cause you to not be thinking about lifting up the ministry. But I want to tell you something. We need to be thankful for every man of God that is preaching the word in this last days. Listen. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep my spirit right in check here. Because every word that's preached, they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to do everything just right. They don't have to do it just the way I want them to do it. But I want to love them. I want to thank God for them. I thank God. Someone told me the other day, but my church is so little. I said, everything you're doing has the potential of casting a shadow that could change the world. You don't know what it may be that you're doing. So these people gathering in the street with all of their ailments and, of course, uh, I'll leave it at that. My spirit is being drawn to this, but I'm trying to move on. They wanted the shadow of this man of God to fall across their path. Even if he couldn't reach them, Their faith said, the shadow is enough for me. I'm going to tell you something. It's a very powerful thing when people begin to realize, I've got a man of God that's preaching truth to me and loves me and 
I, 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 we've got ministry. Folks, we, we need to love and respect one another. And we need to under, you know, years ago, a man of God told me, he said, tell me, I was a very young preacher. He said, what you need to do is you need to learn what the, he said, I'll never forget it. One of the, of course, if I named him, he's one of the most famous men in the world. But he said to me, what you've got to do, Talmadge, if you're going to be a minister, if you're ever going to be a minister, and I was an absolute upstart, he said, you must figure out what the man of God is trying to do. And then you help him do it. Hallelujah. You know, there's folks sitting back there. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. They got it all figured out. And, of course, the fact of the matter is they, they don't have a clue. Because if we had the heart of the man of God, if we had the heart of the preachers that love truth and God has called, do you believe God calls preachers for noble purposes? Hey, folks, we're not running for election. Now, I know preachers, I know pastors get voted. I know all that. But I'm talking about nobody says, let's vote on who's going to be a preacher. God's the one that calls a preacher. It's God that knows what he's doing. He knows someone said, that's just a young upstart. But you know what God may be doing in that young preacher? He may be establishing a ministry so powerful that its shadow will change the entire nature of your future. You don't know. Brother Cole, I wonder. I wonder the first service you ever walked into an apostolic church. And I, I don't mean to be, I didn't mean to, I'm not trying to pick on Brother Cole. But I wonder if anybody thought the very first time he walked into an apostolic church, the shadow of the ministry that God intended for that man to have. I doubt anyone could have seen it. That's why we must respect the man of God and praise God for everyone that is preaching and declaring the name of Jesus. Can we just clap our hands and thank God for what he's done in our own lives? Peter's shadow represented the falling miracle power upon them. So I'm now suggesting, you know, there is a, well, I'm not going to say, uh, I want to be careful. Uh, I don't want to get into comic book noir. But there's all kinds of things in our world, and oftentimes shadows are associated with negative things. I realize that I'm not trying to negate it. I'm trying to tell you that the shadow that produced these miracles had nothing to do with the darkness that was caused by the lack of light. That is not what is being said. It had everything to do with the fact that they could even just know that through the shadow that the presence of the man that had faith in the God, that's all that they needed. Church, let me tell you something today. For many people in Jonesboro and Atlanta and this area, the only thing keeping them from hell itself will be a praying godly church that says, I'm standing between them 
Let's clap our hands one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The shadow represents the reality. If there is a shadow as sure as you're standing there, I used to say, uh, if you see a hand and a knife and a shadow, run. Are you afraid of a shadow? You better believe it. Of course, I used to pastor in Chicago, and I preached that sermon more than once. Do you remember that sermon I preached about the guy? I saw a picture of the shadow, and the guy had a knife, and they said, oh, that's just a shadow. Dumbbell. There's places in Chicago, I'll tell you right now, if you see uh, the lack of light such that it is, I'm going to use the word reflecting, although that's totally incorrect, but it is casting, I'll say it that way, it is casting an image of darkness somewhere, and it looks like, and you see like a gun, okay? Now, I've been places where I misunderstood things. I saw shadows. Oh, Lord. Uh, I won't go into that. But we've all seen things, and we thought, what is, oh, what am I seeing there? Oh, what is that, you know? turns out it's not what it uh, what you thought it was because shadows are merely shadows and they can take on all kinds of dimensions that's why it is in fact that the shadows of miraculous things hallelujah the shadows of miraculous things when we when we consider their origin when we see the long shadows of faith that are cast by men of God that have walked into the temple and saw a man that has never walked and all of a sudden they say silver and gold have I none the power of that miracle casts enormous shadows to those around them praise God and verse 16 says in our in our chapter here they were healed you look at it they were healed every one. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel faith here tonight. Could we just lift our hands right now, Father? I thank you for the Holy Ghost, Lord, that's guiding us. Thank you for the Spirit. Lord, it is the Spirit that is casting the shadow. It is the Holy Ghost, Lord, that is driving us forward. Who would have known that the power of God released at the steps of the temple that day, which healed one lame man, would have such a far-reaching impact? Who is to say what this one sermon or just one life, the altar this morning, please listen to, please let me preach to you. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, but what if someone this morning got through to a level that they would never have reached had it not been for the preaching of the word. Has anybody ever been changed by the preaching of the word and something all of a sudden happened to you? Who would have thought that it would happen? Praise God. Far-reaching shadows. It's symbolized here in Peter's ministry. That is to say... 
that the far-reaching impact of a ministry and a miracle are symbolized in Peter's own shadow. I've never ever read anything like it. I'm not trying to make more of it than it is, but I'm trying to tell you that when people see the miracle hand of God, it doesn't take a lot to get them to recognize this is my day. It's 2017. I've got a miracle in my heart. The preacher told me I have a miracle. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So some of us only see their sins. That's all we see. We see what they're wearing. We see what they're not wearing. We see what's in their, uh, the, the things that they've attached to their frame and all the varied uh, and sundry. We see either their uh, looks or the lack of thereof. And we see only the natural. And God is not pleased. If we come to an altar and all we see is our watches and we just hope we don't have to wait five more minutes, we will never have revival. If we say, well, we've got a few people in the church and that's plenty for me, God will say then fine. But if your heart is willing to say whatever it is, God, even if it's just a shadow that casts itself across my path, I want a miracle. Praise God. I want a miracle. The sick were ready for their own miracle based on Peter's shadow falling on them. Now, I'd love to preach. I wish I had a way to preach. I wish I knew the answer to it. Why in the world did they even think? I'm trying to do it, but I don't know the answer. I can't even. Something about it is stirring me up. That somebody weak and frail and needing a doctor and needing a hospital. And yet all they could think of is we can't get him over here. But I wonder if his shadow would just. Folks, I want to tell you something. When somebody's that hungry, when somebody's that open, something is about to happen. I wonder if we could pray for our city right now that God will touch those. I pray right now, oh God, for preachers and ministers. I, I know there are hundreds of them that are looking for the right way. They're just hoping something will fall upon their path, oh God. And I believe the power of God can reach them. Lord, if we will gather and we will trust you, Praise God. Now you need to also recognize how Satan runs, trembles. Anybody believe that demons tremble? Okay. I just want to be sure. <laughs> I'm not making fun of them. Well, I am. Does anybody know that Demons know and tremble at certain things. In fact, I'm going to say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna just say it casually. Satan knows the truth. And I don't care how many legions follow and adhere to his every breath. 
he himself knows that he is not God. He trembles at the thought of his future. He knows that he is, the Bible tells us, he knows that he is a defeated foe. He keeps going. You say, why? I don't have an explanation why. But I'm telling you, people do the strangest things. And when God begins to work, it doesn't take a hundred preachers to change a life. It doesn't take 75 apostles to change a life. It doesn't take the richest people in Jonesboro to change a life. It just takes faith in God. Even something as simple as knowing that that is the shadow of the man. Man, wow. That's the shadow. Hallelujah. <laughs> I know there have been times that I've not been, I've not had the attitude I should have. Our, I, I fear sometimes in our, in our fellowship, which is growing rapidly, and I see young men and sometimes older men who begin to compromise and and it worries me and my heart gets heavy and I begin to, to fret over it. And every once in a while, I just have to come here, usually over in this area, and I just have to lay before the Lord and say, God, I pray for every preacher in our movement. I pray for every preacher in the United Pentecostal Church that they will not trade trinkets for the treasures of the Holy Spirit. I pray that our hearts, oh God, will hold on. But I always worry that I will be tainted by my own concerns and my own opinions. I know that we should have logic and we should use our own minds and so forth. And I know sometimes we misunderstand one another. I'm in a sense I'm repenting in this sermon right now. I want the Lord to bless our preachers and I don't want to develop an attitude that just assumes that everybody's compromising because they absolutely are not. In fact, I thank God that in these last days there is a mighty army of preachers, young and old, men and women, who love holiness like they have never loved holiness. They love Jesus like they've never loved Jesus before. And I want to keep my heart, I pledge to this church, that I want to keep my heart where it should be. Someone called me this week. I've got a probably, I don't know how many people have called me. First it was this article, but then after that, some days ago, do you know when this article came out in the Huffington Post, Brother French? It's been a week or two, right? Or maybe more. I don't know. I don't know. Do you know? Has it been a long time? I don't know. The Huffington Post is fairly, by the way, that's a miracle God has a reason that our new book has been highlighted in a recent Huffington Post article. And I'm getting calls from all over. Did you know your book is in the Huffington Post? And I said, 
No, I didn't. And then I went, and sure enough, there it was in the Huffington Post. And uh, I was like, whoa. And people were saying, that that's, that's the, uh, I, I don't know if it's true, but people were saying that's the digital, is that the word, online digital equivalent of a, uh, almost like a New York Times or something like that, which may not be true at all. But in other words, in their opinion, that the fact that Talmadge French had a, a they were talking about his book. But I want to tell you what I believe, and I want to tell you what my heart is saying. Lord, if you want to use me, then I want to be used. If you can use anything, Lord, use me. Let me preach it and love it everywhere I go. In a couple of weeks, I'm going to stand in a whole meeting of hundreds of Trinitarians and I'm going to be there the single defender on a panel of the oneness of God. In a way, I'm sort of like the joke. I'm going to be the, the oh, scratch that. I'm sorry. That, that's not, they don't feel that way. But truly, 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 it's kind of like, well, okay, here's Talmud. He's a oneness. We'll let him sit on the panel. And But I want to tell you what God thinks. God thinks, I've got a way of reaching somebody. I'm going to use this method or that method, whatever it is. Folks, let me tell you something. We need to quit thinking that it's because of my me. It could just be the casting of the miracle in my life that causes what God is getting ready to do. God has a plan. Let's clap our hands one more time. Let's give him praise. Now I want to look back at three aspects of the miracle which cast its shadows upon Jerusalem. First, there was the shadow of boldness in Acts 4. So it was that even prison, because they were preaching in the name of Jesus, prison couldn't discourage these believers. The Jerusalem council said, don't speak in this name. And the devil's still saying this. The devil really just has the same old, same old. But the shadow of that lame man jumping up and walking for the first time in his life and his leaping at the gate beautiful, that shadow was lingering in such a way that threats against them couldn't stop them. And I pray that God will give us boldness. I pray that the shadow of the miracle power of God will cast the shadow of boldness in our spirits. Can we just lift our hands and ask God to help us to receive the boldness of the Holy Ghost into our life? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. They said we cannot but speak the things which we have seen or as uh, the New Living says, we can't stop speaking it, which is interesting. And I won't go into why that's so interesting, but the New Living says, translates verse 20 there in chapter 5. We can't, I mean 4, we cannot, we cannot stop speaking the name of Jesus. Well, that's because of that lingering glory of God. If you can leave an altar... And people's souls being saved and all you can think about is a hot dog. Then something is seriously wrong. 
What we must have, I'm not saying don't eat hot dogs. Don't go telling people I'm preaching against hot dogs. But if you have the real thing and that thing's gotten a hold of you and you suddenly, the things of God begin to cast their long shadows upon your life, you're not just going to walk out with your arms folded and your soul saying ho-hum. There's going to be something powerful that takes place and you're not going to be able but to preach and teach the name of Jesus. You don't need a PhD to love and praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So church, this is why it is so very important that we linger in God's presence, not rush out of the miracle power of God. Boldness is the first shadow in chapter 4 after the miracle. Are you with me so far? Come on, how many give me a few more seconds here? Boldness was the shadow. When that miracle took place, And that man running and praising God still remained in their minds and their memories. That gave them such a boldness that they said, we don't care what you do to us. We don't care what you've got. Riches are not what I want. I want the power of God. And they got out in the streets. Praise God. So it is. This generation needs us to be affected with boldness as never before. I don't mean arrogance. I don't mean being cocky. I don't mean being a smart aleck. Some people think if they're smart aleck, that's bold. That's, that's just being smart aleck. But being bold, being bold, we are racing the rapture. And boldness must get a hold of us. And young people, we're getting ready to have revival. I'm praying that God will baptize our young people. Spanish ministry. Uh, did I hear now that we're having Not only do we have a Spanish prison ministry, but we're having it week after week after week. We need to get bold and say, Lord, pour the Holy Ghost out in our jail ministry. Let the Spanish prison ministry see an outpouring of the Spirit of God. A boldness is another way of saying they were fearless. And God is calling the church to lay aside its fear. But there was another shadow that the Holy Ghost cast upon believers in that first church. Verse 31 of chapter 4, the place was shaken where they were assembled. They spake the word with boldness. And this boldness resulted in the astounding shadows of revelation. Oftentimes, discerning revelation is troubling to us. When the word of God begins to work on our hearts. And there are times when God must allow the miraculous to not only heal and inspire, which it does, makes us want to shout, but also to reveal, to show us what we really are. And Acts 5 says that Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost. In the middle of the shadows of the miraculous, They lied to the Holy Ghost. 
And Peter asked the right question. Why? Why would you lie to the Holy Ghost? Why would you lie to God? Verse 4 says, was it not in thine own power? In other words, they had the option. They could give as the Spirit was leading. And, and in this particular case, they were selling everything. And they were giving it to the kingdom. And God was using it in a very mighty way. But nobody was commanded to do it. It was within their own power, Peter said. That is, you didn't have to sell it and you didn't have to give. Nobody made you do it. But to pretend that you did and lie was an attempt to lift themselves. I gave everything. No, you didn't. Why would you be saying a lie? Because they wanted to steal from the miracle itself. They wanted credit for the miracle. You never hear an apostle one time say, take my picture and publish it now. Because, man, I'm the man that laid my hand. I'm the man with the hand that laid it on the head of the man. No, sir, my friend. These were men of God. They had the power of a Holy Spirit that changed the entire world. But Ananias longed some for some reason the glory that belonged only to the spirit will we lose it because we want it for ourselves I think the spirit wants us to consider I want to tell you what I think is about to happen I'm going to prophesy and I'm going to leave it here right just right here God is going to do things in the next months that will absolutely astound us. And there is one thing, there is one thing that will cause it to fall with a thud to the earth and lose all of its emphasis and its, Im, uh, its uh, impact. And that is a people that all they want out of it is to get the credit. A people that need credit for it will manufacture revival. And we need none of it. What we need is for the Holy Ghost to fall in our families, in our altars, and in our midst. Praise God. So we need to assure that all we're doing is for God's glory. The Bible says that Ananias dropped dead. It doesn't use those exact words, but it says he fell down. That's the King James. But I'm going to, well, I just said he dropped dead. That doesn't sound nice, but right in the house of God. He just clunk right there. And his wife was not there. Now, I've often thought, Lord, why, 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 why would anybody do it, first of all? What would be wrong? And the Holy Ghost has been talking to me. 
And he's told me, you must, as a people, apostolic tabernacle, you must get your heart to the place that you don't care who gets credit. All you want is for the glory to fall, the streets to be filled with hungry souls, for the altars to be packed, and then let God do the rest. Praise God. They had to carry Ananias out, and Scripture says that three hours later, and I find that very interesting, but you check it out. It specifically mentions how many hours it was before Sapphira came looking for her husband, who was already buried. Scripture says in that three hours, they had already taken him out and he was buried. And uh, which is, all of this is very interesting. Another sermon for that. That's not my message tonight. But I will say tonight that the shadow of revelation where God shines his truth upon us so that what begins to happen is we begin to see ourselves for what we really are. Is anybody here perfect? Is anybody here never sinned? Is anybody here just the greatest Pentecostal on earth? Probably not. We are what we are by the grace of God. God has done a work in us. God has moved in us. Three hours later, his wife had a chance to do right. She walked into that house of God, and the apostle Peter, he didn't tell her, listen, I'm going to tell you, your husband's dead. He never said it. He could have. He didn't warn her for whatever the reasons. But she, too, was eager to make herself look good. And God, you see, when it's all about you and you looking good, and you hiding from the revelatory preaching of the word of God. God trying to do something in your life. And then you say, oh, but, oh, I'm, I've done everything. I've done more than anybody. And that's a lie. You've lied to God. Someone asked me not too long ago, well, why doesn't God do that today? Because I would pray every single day, God, do not strike people dead in my church. That would be my prayer. You say, well, why don't you just pray God will strike everybody dead? You, you want to know how popular we'd be if people got to fighting out? Did you know everybody that's got a problem goes to that church, they get killed right in the church? We would have, you talk about FBI investigations. Someone said, well, what if it's God's will to kill everybody? Then he can kill them. But I'm asking God, don't kill them. Have mercy on them. Like Moses, have mercy. Don't kill them. But I'm telling you, God sends revelation in the power of the Holy Ghost. And that revelation is telling us if we're willing to give God the credit, we could have the greatest revival we've ever known before. God is pouring out the Spirit. I feel the Spirit is telling us Sister French, whoever's coming, come on. I've got, I'm, I've got to stop. I'm so, I, I hope, I, I'm sorry that I've, I just have felt so much to, to preach this tonight. The Spirit is telling us that we need to hear what the Spirit is saying. Not just feel it, although in a sense that's true as well. We need to feel 
Anybody feel the Holy Ghost that's here tonight? Could you stand with me all across this beautiful sanctuary? Even though it's not always easy, we need to be very careful not to try shortcuts and grab hold of glory for ourselves. <laughs> Hallelujah. You say, Brother French, why do you think the Holy Ghost has been speaking to us like this? Because he's getting ready to do some things that we must be ready to give him glory. You can't say that's because I was so holy. I was so holy. No, if you start doing that, God is liable to just send a death spirit upon a revival. Stop it right in its tracks. And I want to tell you something. The devil's hoping that somebody's spirit will become so uh, carnal, reaching for what God alone deserves, that they could impact a revival right here in Jonesboro. But I tell you what I believe is going to happen. I believe we're ready to give God all of the credit. We're ready to say, Lord, you alone are worthy. Now, whatever you need tonight, Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your finance. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your loved ones. Maybe it's a job. I want you to just step out. I want us to gather, and I want us to bring those needs to the Lord all across this sanctuary. We're going to ask God to let the power of the miracle-working spirit take hold of your need tonight. As evening light comes and the shadows are cast, first the Spirit of God is sending an evening shadow of end times that is cast upon us that says, Lord, I need boldness and I need revelation. Hallelujah. So that it, all it will take is for just the preacher to give me a chance to pray and I'm going to pray. If he just has a shadow, get on me a little bit. That's all it takes. I'm so hungry for revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could we just praise him right now? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's pray for one another. Let's ask God to do it. Lord, we're giving you praise. We're giving you praise. Lord, we know that you alone are worthy tonight. 